Wait, shit. All right. Couch Guy Sports Podcast, episode number 225. Nick Qualia, Jared Scally. We have a Patriots win to talk about over the Jets. Honestly, even though it's just the Jets, I think we do have uh, some solid takeaways from that game. We've got the Red Sox coming down to the wire in the wild card uh, with a little bit of a lead now. The Red Sox now have a little bit of a lead in the wild card, which is nice. I don't want to dive a heart attack every night, although it's still going to be the case as we go. And we're going to give you, because one of our top sponsors, our friends over at MyBookie, we're going to give you our locks of the week. And look, I'm not going to sit here, Jared, and pretend like I've won my last two bets. <laughs> not good. Nope. It's not good. Are you trying to tell me that Dallas and the Chargers – couldn't score over 55 points. I mean, you also told me the Chargers. I listened to you also idiotically when you initially came to me. You're like, yeah, Chargers minus three. Easy. And I'm like, Listen, when, I, when I say I've been cold, I've been ice cold. My initial gut to you was like, oh, the Cowboys are good. What are you talking about? And I'm like, nah, you know what? I'll ride that train with them. And you didn't even bet it. I'm like, screw it. I'll ride the train. Didn't happen. I thought I thought the Chargers, I thought the Chargers were going to tear up the Dallas defense. I really did. And the Dallas defense actually looked halfway decent. Which was and the weird. offense was good to Pollard and Zeke. Dak's back. It's great. They won their first game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Tony Pollard, by far, becoming the best pick that I had in the fa- in my fantasy football draft this year. Mm-hmm. This guy's taking the RB1 role. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't think they're going to ever pull it away from Zeke, but it's going to be more of a platoon now. So, like, if you have Zeke, this guy. You might want to look at trading, or at least they're, maybe they're splitting. They're they gonna are split splitting. until Pollard fails, or Zeke really takes it back. This is this is the way that my buddy described it. I was talking to him yesterday. He said that this the the way Dallas looks right now, it's between the twenties, it's Zeke. But then when you get twenties to the red zone, that's Tony Pollard. Which there goes all your value for. I mean, there's value there for Zeke because he'll still catch the ball out of the backfield. So like, if Zeke doesn't score touchdowns, he's still going to get you 15 to 20 points every week because he can catch the ball out of the backfield. And Dak loves throwing him from the backfield, but it's it's a it's a dicey game I'm playing now keeping Zeke around. But. Yeah, and Zeke like the like you can you can see the difference between the two. Tony Pollard looks explosive. Yep, he looks explosive as hell right now. He's becoming. By far, and, by, and I've been a menace on the waiver wire in fantasy. You know, let's let's talk a little bit of fantasy. I have been a menace on the waiver wire in fantasy. I grabbed Rondell Moore last week. Guy blows up this week. Solid. Hollywood Brown sitting there on the waiver wire. Picked, grabbed him. Rob Gronkowski on the waiver wire. Boom. Who, who are you, you in a league with? I, I don't even know if I give you credit for these. Like, who are you in a league with? These guys are all waiver wire pickups. Gronk, Gronk. Gronk hasn't been rostered in a lot of leagues. Yeah, but after like week one, I'm like, all right, let's try. Well, I grabbed him after week one. So like, I don't know, Holly Bra- Hollywood Brown. I would have someone. Should, I'm surprised no one drafted him. I was surprised drafts. he was there too. So like, I don't know. I don't know what kind of leagues you're in, but I, I looked at. So one of my one of my leagues, my big family league, uh, does the uh, the Fab waiver wire. That's what we do. Yeah. And I looked at the report earlier, and someone still hasn't even spent a dollar. 
And I'm like, guys, we're almost, this is week three. How are you not adding and changing your roster yet? Like I've already dished out a, a good amount of my fam uh, to fix some of my draft stuff. Like how do you, like, that's how you win fantasy leagues is being active on your waiver wire. Yeah. Oh, and uh, somebody, I tried to get Sterling Shepard mm-hmm. because he, he seems to, he's the wide receiver one for the giants, right? Sterling Shepard, <laughs> my buddy, who was, he's done this before too. We gave him shit. We start off with 100. I don't know if that's yep. like the default. Yeah, for everybody. Yep. But we start off with 100. You know how many waiver points? I th- I put in a good amount to get Sterling Shepard. And I was like, okay, like if I get beat, it's probably not going to be by too much. He put in like 50? He put in 62. For Sterling Shepard? <laughs> for Sterling Shepard. What are we and doing? Then, and then didn't even play him. <laughs> Sat him on the bench. Oh, my. If you're going to pick him up, at least play the guy. If you're going to spend 62. Wow. If you're going to spend 62. Put I just him spent, in your starting lineup. I just spent $10 on the Panthers defense and I felt like I was overpaying, but I wanted them really badly. So like we got rid of defense in my fantasy league. See, I like the defense. I like, I, I would get rid of kickers before defense. I'm so, no, we kept kickers. I'm so anti-defense. It's ridiculous. Uh, oh, and also Tyler Higby, man, that guy stinks. I'm, I'm, not I'm sure he's going to be fine. I'm not, I'm out, not out on, on him either, but my God, I'd, I'd, be like, more, I'd, be, I'd be more out on him if he cost me the game, but I won despite him. So like, whatever. Well, so I thought I thought if I substituted Tyler Higby and I played somebody else, because my bench had a huge week. I got Tony Pollard on my bench, uh, Rondell Moore. I pl- I started James White. I've got Marvin Jones Jr. on my bench, Hollywood Brown on my bench. They all had. You didn't play games. any of those guys? No, I didn't. I didn't think I had to. To be honest, did you win at least? I didn't. You know who? You know who my buddy had last night? Monday Night Football. Oh, good old Aaron Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you a story? So I have Aaron Jones. I'm in four leagues because I'm a psychopath. And two of them, I have Aaron Jones. So, like, great for me. I was going to win anyway. I didn't really need Aaron Jones to do what he did. There was one league that I was in. I was playing Aaron Jones. I was up by, like, 60 points. And he had DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Swift and Aaron Jones going last night. I had – I was done. I had, like, 154 points. All of a sudden, I'm watching this game. And I'm like, I might lose. I was down six – I was up 60 points going into what last night. What did Swift night. end up getting? Like, 11. <laughs> like, if DeAndre Swift just showed up at all, I would have lost. Because Aaron Jones, but like I lost, I won by like 1.4. Dude, it's fantasy this year has been weird. It's been super weird. There were, there are a lot of guys and you know what? Even like the top running backs haven't really panned out. Chubb's like been good. Even, Chubb's been okay. Uh, no, you know who's been good? Austin Eckler. He's been good. One of the good Austin Eckler's been solid, but even like, like Kamara scored five points last week. Well, I blame that on the quarterback. I do too, but you know what? The quarterback's going to be there for the rest of the year. Kamara coming up this week for the Patriots. Yeah. In, 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 you know, I, I talked about this on the CLNS show that we recorded last night. Who? The Patriots. Who? The, the, the CLNS Patriots show with Mike and Marv. Uh, but the Patriots have always been good at taking away your best asset, right? I got to imagine they're going to focus on Kamara and make James Winston I mean, throw the football. This who week. else is there? Like who, who, who's going to scare you? Chris Hogan? Like, come on. Oh, I forgot. Chris is Chris Hogan. He made the team. Oh my God. I forgot about that. Yeah. But like that, Kamara is their threat. You look at the game this past week. Like the clearly the Packers game was a fluke. Um, you look, I mean, the Panthers defense is good, right? Like I think the Panthers are a legitimate team. Uh, especially with Sammy D at, at quarterback. But you look at the Panthers defense, 
they're just Patriots can literally look at what they did and then copy it and but be better because the Patriots have a better defense. <laughs> so like I, I look at what the Saints are bringing in. I'm like, all right, you're just gonna mess with Kamara and like make Jameis beat you, which he's not going to. Like I'm less concerned about the Saints game than I was Week One. Right, and you know they sh- they should have won Week One too. The Patriots right now should be two and zero. We're gonna talk about that in a bit. But guys, real quick before we get into the Boston Red Sox, I want to talk about our friends over at Manscaped, our longtime friends at this point. Look, guys, fantasy football, it's Best here. Friends? We were just talking about it. Best friends. Lamar Jackson, as he put on this week, when the Ravens beat the Chiefs, is fast. Fast as hell, even. But you know who's faster? Your girl running out of the bedroom when she sees that man tear growing around your end zone. Keep that field trimmed with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming just launched the new Performance Package 4.0. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off with free shipping with the code couchguy 20 this will help that tame that tyreek hill cheetah that you have in your pants talked about this a thousand times and when i was younger i was a big stupid idiot i took scissors tried to trim down there snip the ball stack wasn't great wasn't ideal guys you do not want that to happen to you trust me If you groom below the waist, the Performance Package 4.0 is an essential purchase. And good news for our international listeners. Their life-changing products are now available in Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside their Performance Package 4.0, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker, Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag. First pick of this year's fantasy draft is the new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. This star trimmer is here to guide you on a season for the ages to trim your balls, your body, and even your A-gap. This fourth-generation trimmer also features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-and-off switch that can engage a travel lock and is even waterproof. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4,000K LED spotlight, which allows you to be as accurate as Bill Belichick with a challenge flag. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. Watch it split through nose and ear hairs like Young Hoku splits wickets. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs on those sensitive holes. Don't forget to use the Crop Preserver Ball deodorant and their Crop Reviver to help your little bench warmers be on their A game while feeling the sun's heat. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Now listen up. Get 20% off with free shipping using the code COUCHGUY20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping using the code COUCHGUY20 at manscaped.com. We do not know who you're picking as a flex this season. But we do know you'll be flexing your southern region with Manscaped. Your footballs, they're going to thank you. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the Boston Red Sox here, huh? Huh? So I we I posed a question to you over text message that we're going to talk about, I think, near the end of this whole situation, this whole talk here. But the Red Sox currently up in the wild card standings. And, you know, here's the thing with the Orioles series. 
You'll see a lot of people, specifically Yankee fans, but you'll see a lot of people on Twitter chirping when the Red Sox sweep the, the Orioles, right? They get those wins. Like, oh, yeah, it's just the Orioles. But, hey, with the way that the Red Sox were playing for these past few months and with how tight the wild card is, those are games that you have to win. Those are games that you have to go out and you have to take care of business. It's not even really enough with this being this close with everybody being this tight in the wild card, the Red Sox need to win those games. They need to take a few games of a lead because if you don't, everybody's right on your ass. To those fans, those Yankee fans specifically, who are like, oh, it's just Baltimore. Oh, okay, well, didn't you just lose two out of three to Baltimore? Yeah, the Yankees can't beat Baltimore. You can't even beat Baltimore. You're like 11-8 and eight against Baltimore. And so I think I saw a stat the other day, 18% of the Orioles wins this year against the Yankees. Yeah. The Yankees <laughs> just can't beat them. And then they just lost two out of three to Cleveland too. Like you Garrett no Cole one, got shellacked. Garrett Cole got shellacked. Nick, the Yankees aren't going to make the playoffs. Like and they traded for Anthony Rizzo. They, they have the, the hardest schedule out of the three, right? The blue Jays, the Yankees and the Red Sox. They have the hardest schedule. Whereas the Red Sox are in the lead and have the easiest schedule. Nick, the Red Sox, the rest of the way, after this Orioles series, which just finished, they're going to play the Mets starting tonight for two games. Then they're going to play the Yankees. Both those series are at home. And then they finish the season with the Baltimore Orioles and the Washington Nationals. Eight and three is a bare minimum, Nick. Eight and three is a bare minimum. The, this team should be making the postseason. This team should at least be making the wild card. And wild again, card we're going we're to talk about the wild this too. Game. Yes, you should be at this point. Now, Going into this this recent stretch that they've been on, and you know, honestly, since the trade deadline, I would like to apologize to Bobby Dahlbeck. Everyone should I be would, included. Yep. I would like to apologize to Bobby Dahlbeck because sure, does he struggle with the glove sometimes at first base? Yeah, he does occasionally. But my goodness, if I asked you today with how they've both been performing since July 30th, since the trade deadline, Jared. Are you taking Anthony Rizzo or Bobby Dahlbeck oh, for Bobby this one year? Bobby Dahlbeck. Yeah, 100%. You're, Anthony Rizzo fell off a cliff. You're taking Bobby Dahlbeck. Yep. Absolutely, you're taking Bobby Dahlbeck. Bobby Dahlbeck, since the trade deadline, since Red Sox fans were pissed, pissed that we didn't get Anthony Rizzo, mainly because for, for the days, even like the week leading up to the trade deadline, it seems like a foregone conclusion at that point. Yeah, but it was warranted, Rizzo, though. It was warranted, though. Like, Dahlbeck it was. was playing like crap. Like, it there was, was no absolutely. reason for us not to be mad at Dahlbeck. Like, I don't even want you to apologize to him. Like, he he got his ass in gear because they brought in some competition. Like, there was no secret that all of they us wanted They didn't even bring in competition. No, they brought in fake competition. <laughs> but, like, there was no secret that everybody in this town wanted Rizzo, right? And it was all publicized. So, we know Dahlbeck saw that. Like, he deserved every second of it because he sucked for the first he half did. of the season. Like, he, was, he wasn't good. There's no need for you to apologize to the guy. He was terrible. Oh, no, I, I am apologizing to Bobby Don't apologize. Dahlbeck. No, don't, don't back Because down. of the performance that he's put on. No, Nick, you motivated past... him. You motivated sure. him. Take, take credit for that. Sure, I'll go with that. But for this past, I don't know, since July 30th. Okay, so almost two months now. Bobby Dahlbeck's numbers. 311 batting average. OBP mm-hmm. of 400. 13 bombs. Is he at 30 dingers OB... yet? I don't think so. 27, 24, 25. He's in the he's, season. He's pushing. He's pushing. He'll, he'll get there. He's, he's got a couple weeks left. Tony Rizzo. 
Tony Rizzo. You know what he's done since getting to New York since the trade deadline? Let me guess. Hold on. Two. Um, I know he's not hitting 300. 272 with 10 homers. 255 batting average oh, since nice. July 30th. That was nice. 344 OBP. Mm-hmm. Six home runs. Ooh, didn't even get to 10. Wow. Do you know how bad it's going to make the Yankees look? How bad it's going to make Brian Cashman look? Look, at the trade deadline, when the Yankees started making moves, when they got Joey Gallo, it was like, why? You guys are so far back. You're clearly not a World Series contending team at this point. Mm-hmm. You don't look good mm-hmm. in really any facet of the game. But you're going out and you're making these moves and you're wasting prospects to make these moves happen. And then they go and get Anthony Rizzo. And they weren't even tied to Anthony Rizzo, which was part of the problem, which is why a lot of people or a lot of Red Sox fans are so upset. They weren't even tied to Anthony Rizzo. And they swoop in and they take him and they deal prospects away to get him. But the Red Sox didn't really do that. They go out and they get Kyle Schwarber, who's been awesome as a member of the Boston Red Sox. He's been everything that you could have wanted for the Red Sox, not defensively, but offensively, he's been good. He's been real good. Oh, we got we got to figure that out too. There's Listen to the new the Triangle episode. We, we kind of broke it down a little bit with Kyle Schwarber Shorby? last night when we recorded. Yeah. Oh, What's wrong? Under- What's, you're, you're underwhelmed with Kyle Schwarber? He, like... We the question I posed to the group on that show was was basically what what was the most underwhelming thing from that Orioles series, the one they just swept, and all of us did Kyle Schwarber, because if you're expect if you get brought in, you got brought in, and I'm still trying to be I'm potentially being sold on the guy as a first baseman. He wasn't in the game every single game. Shouldn't that guy be playing every day? If you bring him in as this big free agent acquisition first baseman, no, he's not. And yeah, he's had a couple of big hits and key moments, but like I want more out of Kyle Schwarber. Like, I'm sorry. And then you have to figure out he's going to have to play more often, but he hasn't because uh, Jose Iglesias can't make the playoffs. He can't make the playoff roster. He's not qualified. So now you're moving Kike back to the infield, and then you got to figure out the outfield again. So, yeah, this team has holes, massive holes going into the postseason. They do. They they for sure do. So Kyle Schwarber's hitting 276 since being here, but a 406 OBP. So I, as, as we've known and, and what we knew about him before he got here, he likes to walk. He takes a lot of walks, but Schwarber for what he is and for honestly what the Red Sox paid for him, which wasn't much. I'm happy with the production level and if this, yeah, they, they have holes and with how they played at the start of the season, you want them to continue playing like that, obviously, but you know, you brought in Kyle Schwarber to, to be an extra bat in this lineup. And I think it's worked so far. You stick him over in left field. And I think it works so far as long as you keep JD Martinez out of left out of the outfield in general, I'm happy. Do you, do you, are you okay with Schwarber out there though? I feel like that's a massive not yeah. a, a, no, a no. Like, I mean, yeah. any, boob, any hey. boob can really play left field at Fenway, but like, like, uh, I don't know. I just wish he was. I wish he had two GH spots. Him, him, and just JD don't play the field. They both can hit. Give me ten spots in the lineup. We're good. Make me happy. And it's That's- especially tough too. I wish I wish Warburg would work out at first base because it's especially tough when you look in the outfield and you see hunt guys like Hunter Renfro, Kike Hernandez, who was awesome in center field, especially at the start of the season. And then Alex Verdugo, like that's a solid left to right. That's field. your, that's solid. your best. That's your best left to right on your roster. Absolutely. And they can't Absolutely. go into the playoffs like that. No, they can't. Cause you want to get all those bats in the lineup. And at that point you get a question, like, who do you sit? Because it's going to, 
it kind of, to me, comes down to Bobby Dahlbeck. I mean, not Bobby Dahlbeck. Sorry. It comes down to me as Kike Hernandez and Christian Arroyo. And you're playing Kike. Because you're going to play Kike. Christian Arroyo actually activated for tonight's game. So Christian Arroyo is coming back after the COVID IL. Uh, one of the many guys who was hit by COVID. Um, it's going to come down to one of those two in a lot of games, which means one of them doesn't get to come off the bench. And, you know, Christian Arroyo is one of those guys that I would absolutely take off the bench. But it's going to come down to one of those two guys, and that's a tough decision. And I don't – but I don't think that offense is going to really be a, a concern once you get to the postseason because I think it's more about the bullpen. Which has been good. I don't trust the bullpen. Which is – they haven't been bad, though. Like they haven't that. been bad, but long-term, I don't trust the bullpen. And okay. long-term, and I said this months ago, long-term, I don't trust Matt Barnes. Well, no, Matt Barnes can't close. No, God, no. Um, look, I know who I want to be the closer long-term. Oh. Oh, wait. This seems like this could be a, a note in my, in my notes. Tanner Houck. Yeah, 100%. Tanner Houck is the perfect bullpen arm. And you know, I got a ton of, I got a ton of pushback on this last night. From who? Chris Henrique and Al. Well, not a ton of pushback. Chris could see it, but Al was like, no, it's Whitlock, 100%. Whitlock is perfect in his role right now. Give me, give me Whitlock in the eighth and, and Tanner Hogg in the ninth. Yeah, or even honestly, even if you want to put Matt Barnes in the eighth, I'm okay with that. Uh, I just don't want to see Matt Barnes anymore in the ninth inning. But, like, I don't think you're going to see him closing now the rest of the year because he's just coming back, and he has been he still hasn't really figured it out. Right. Matt Barnes needs to be, like, in the sixth, seventh inning the rest of the year, like, until, until he proves that he can pitch in high-leverage situations again. Mentally, I don't know where he's at, which is fine. You have options. Tanner Houck added to the bullpen. I want that guy closing. Right now, Nick, they're relying on Garrett Richards. Garrett Richards might be the best closer of all time. <laughs> like, I, I <laughs> or don't the best know if, bullpen arm of all but time. I, I don't want him there. He doesn't have this stuff. Tanner Houck doesn't have issues first two times to the lineup. Let him pitch in the ninth. They can't touch it. So that's that's you know the biggest concern, obviously, with Tanner Houck is the fact that he is not allowed to face the lineup for a third time. Which means if he's having a real good night, you're gonna have to just pull him. You just got to pull the guy. Now, if, maybe they maybe they change that next year. Maybe that was a this year thing. They figured out in the offseason. They come back to spring training, and they let and, – and, and that's if they want him to be a star moving forward. Do you I'd rather think, than, though – do you think that's more of a mental thing for him? Because it doesn't – it that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why – I don't know what the big difference between seeing him a second time and a third time is. Well, I feel like that it's them protecting – I feel, I feel like it's them protecting him. Like – yeah, but his numbers his numbers are bad the third time around. Well, no, I know, but now they're like they're just removing him from the situation. They're just saying, you know what, we'll figure this out later. Right now, you're not going three times around. Fine, deal with. It. And mentally, he knows he's just got to get through the first two. They're they're trying to protect. So you go into the postseason, right? You go into the postseason with a rotation of Chris Sale, Nate Evaldi, Erod, and Nick Pavetta, Pavetta. Mm-hmm. and you put Tanner Houck as your closer. Mm-hmm. Take that a thousand times out of a thousand. That's a, that's a really good option. Absolutely. It's a really good option. Now, do you beat the Rays with that? Probably not. Because for some reason you can't beat the Rays. The but Rays, even when they're bad, they're the good. Rays have always given the Red Sox trouble. Always. No matter what. Yeah. No matter how when, bad. When they were the is. devil rays and they, they couldn't win, like they were like the Baltimore Orioles of now, right? Back then. Yeah. They you still had issues with them. Like oh, it, yeah. it just is what it is. Maybe it's Tropicana. 
And we just can't play down there. Yeah, get that, move that them to dump. Nashville. Move Tampa Nashville, Bay to Nashville. Montreal. Just just get them out of Tampa Bay. Uh, don't give me the Champa Bay crap. You didn't even win a title. Like no, no, they haven't. All right, you want to slide it over on the Patriots? Well, do, do you want to get to your question real quick that you asked me? Oh, yeah, I do want to get to my question. So if the wild card was today, yep, September 21st, 2021, mm-hmm. who do you start this game? Okay, I will Chris preface this answer. Or Nathan Avaldi. I will preface this with, I think I saw earlier that it looks like it's lining up that it will be, will be Nathan Avaldi. I would prefer Chris Sale to start the game. Give me, give me your best foot forward. You, you need to win that game against probably a Toronto Blue Jays lineup, Nick, that is on fire. That, that is miss. a wagon. I want your best pitcher on the mound, and it's Chris Sale. I don't care. I want Chris Sale on the mound. Nathan Evaldi can go against the Rays if you win. Um, and now it's, again, it's lining up to look like it might be Evaldi, but I want, I want, I want Big D Chris Sale on the mound, slinging his slider everywhere. Big Dick. Big D. You know what they say about tall, lanky guys? No. They sling it everywhere. They, a lot of work has to be done with the manscaped trimmer. Yep. A lot of room for that hair to grow. Just... I agree with you, though, about Chris Sale, because I would rather see Chris Sale over Nathan Evaldi. Because Chris Sale, since coming back, has looked good. Chris Sale, since coming back, looks like Chris Sale. Now, and... if, you're playing the, if you're playing the Yankees, sorry, I feel a little better about Nathan Evaldi starting. Because they've because he tears them up. They tears them up. But like you're probably not going to play the Yankees. So Chris Dale. Yeah, because the Yankees suck back stink. These guys aren't even going to make the wild card, and they went out and got Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> We're World Series favorites. <laughs> you de- hey, honestly, we'll get back to the question in a sec. If the Yankees don't make the postseason, oh, they got to blow it up. You got to fire Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone's got to go, and you might need to like change this lineup up, like. But get anyway. rid of, I'm so glad that they're that the Yankee fans are finally turning on Gary Sanchez. He's just not good. He's awful. He's just not good. And he really ever he hasn't been. Trade them Plowecki. They're gonna have Plowecki. Oh, I don't want to see. I see I like Plowecki. I don't want to see oh. him go to the Yankees. I was I want to see him go anywhere else. I don't want to see him go to the Yankees. But no, I would take Chris Sale too. Chris Sale looks like Chris Sale again. He's been he's been crushing it. He's been awesome. Uh, he's, you know, he had a hiccup recently, but he's been good overall. And that's what you want to see. You know, right? you, know you want to take your best pitcher, which is Chris Sale, mm-hmm. and stick him out there. Remember, Nathan Ivaldi, you're looking at his game logs this year. Nathan Ivaldi's had some nights where he has just crapped the bit. Lately, wasn't his last start? No, the one before that. Like it wasn't August, good. August 11th was the, or no, the August 6th, I think was the last time that he really got smoked. I think it was for five runs. I was looking it up before the show. Everything else has been since then, like three runs at the most. The one impressive thing to me with Chris Sale, you know, you know, it's all going right when he hasn't taken a pair of scissors to the Boston city connect jerseys. Yeah. Hey, maybe he likes them. And I like them. Like I personally like them, but someone like Chris Sale, we know what happened in Chicago. Yeah. Oh man. You know yeah, he's going right. Like mentally. wool though. Those are like thick oh, and heavy. Didn't, didn't they have like a collar on them? Yeah, like, they, they looked, were. They looked they like old school, school like soccer old jerseys. School. They were like old school soccer jerseys. Like the, those. Well, they, like, I think they were like like nineteen eighteen around that time. Old time baseball, baseball jerseys. Which old were time thick baseball. wool, gross. Well, they didn't. They didn't make them thick and wool. 
They just made him look like they were. Come on now. I thought they did because he found him uncomfortable, and that's why he cut him up. Well, no, I thought it was something else, but I, I didn't think it was actually wool, like old, the old. I didn't put him in like wool jerseys. All, I I think Chris Hill was uncomfortable. Whatever the case is, Chris Hill cut up jerseys. All right. Sliding over now to Patriots. You know, I don't know how much you really want to talk about this because mm-hmm. it was the Jets game. There wasn't too much that, like, makes me excited about this game, to be honest with you. I mean, they should have won by more. They won 25 <laughs> to 6. They should have won, like, 40 uh, to 6. The like, biggest takeaway from this game, Jared. I'll Zach Wilson, do not look ready. Zach Wilson looks like the Jets have already ruined him. He looks like he like, look at Sam Donald thriving with Carolina. Just like me and you said, me and you've been on the Sam Donald train for a while. I would have loved him here. If you, I would I would have loved him here. Like if the Patriots want to do that. Like I would have been fine with that. Sam Donald's good at football. The the Jets were just was ruining the, him. He was the first overall pick, and everyone's like, Oh yeah, he's got the tools. Every he's gonna be great. Blah blah blah. Why do you think Matt Rule went out and got him? Like, because he's still good. They just he he played for the Jets and he didn't have coaching. He played for boobs of coaches. Adam Gase, he's not going to coach him how to play football. And now you have Zach Wilson. Like, coaching is the issue here. Like, Zach Wilson's got the talent, but no one's You know what? It's got to be coaching and culture. Because, like, this this is the second high-caliber quarterback now that you've brought in recently. It's it's only two games, so you don't want to call Zach Wilson a bust yet. But four interceptions, and one of them was directly to Devin McCourty's chest. Okay, but I, I will say this about the Jets. This isn't a Jets podcast, but it hasn't been good even remotely since Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez were there. Like Rex Ryan was the, uh, honestly, though, Rex honestly. Ryan was the best thing that could have happened to that organization. He figured it out. He had a quarterback that was decent and he got the most out of his players. And he obviously created the image there of the big bad Patriots. They beat him a couple times. They went to those two AFC title games. Like that was the best the Jets have been in a very long time. Let's bring Rex Ryan back. Let's just get him back on the sidelines at this point, because honestly, I think that's the, only, the only thing that's going to fix the Jets because the Jets are the Jets. Let's just chalk them up as two wins. Let's not even play the next one. Screw it. Let's just give the Patriots the win. Give them an extra bye week and call them a day day. off. Give them a day off. Go to the beach. Have some fun. And just imagine yourself throwing touchdowns against the Jets because that's what they are at this point. The things that I wish I saw, though, in this game that I didn't really see were two things that we were hyped up about a lot, especially after the, the free agency period started and you sign all these guys. The front seven didn't look as dominant as I would like. Mm-hmm. You know the when that was the big talk about this defensive improvement. Vanoy wasn't offseason. playing, uh, and I think Vanoy's a big deal. He was Ooh. not into Kyle Vanoy. Yeah, that's true. But even so, like it, it felt like at times that Michael Carter was kind of running all over him a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And he's a rookie. Yeah, and, and a rookie that isn't supposed to be good, like good, but not like he should. They should be able to stop him. See, I like Michael Carter. I do. Yeah, but you pay all this money to get run stoppers and. They weren't yeah, right. And, and, and I wanted to see more out of them. Um, and then another thing that I'm still like waiting to see is this two tight end, two headed monster. Yeah. I don't get why they're, they're not unleashing us. Like your best receivers, your best receivers are those two tight ends. Like yes. hands, hands down. Yes. Why are you not running two tight end sets? I know obviously John Smith had that drop, but like it feels to me like they're still forcing the Brady offense before the two tight end set. And it's like, what are we doing? You have a, you have a quarterback who's very accurate, who can get the ball out and you have two tight ends. Like I forget it was this jets game. And I forget, I think it was Hunter Henry and he ran the old play action Gronk scene play up the middle. And I'm like, I want more of that. Give me that. 
Like literally it was a play action. The old thing we ran right up the hash marks and it was like a 25 yard game. Yeah. And that's, was- that's why you brought him here. Like that's, that's what we expected. Cause you got two, you got, you got the two best tight ends on the, market. on the free agent market. Yep. Use them. Okay. Do so it. do you blame Mac Jones for that? Or you blame Josh McDaniels for that? No, I think, uh, man, what a segue. What a professional. I'm, I'm concerned that Josh McDaniels, yeah, and yeah, it's it's like game two. And we know the Patriots basically use September as like an extended uh uh training camp anyway, extended preseason. Yeah. But they're not letting like we saw Mac Jones in the preseason dropping these dimes downfield. Mm-hmm. I want to see them let him be more aggressive. Even we even that Jacoby Myers dime, it was the same thing as James White basically the week before. It was a perfect throw from mac jones we know he's got the accuracy yeah let him be aggressive yeah i know the one big thing for me and i agree like i think they can do this the offensive line has not been good no like that right tackle spot has been an issue hey not only that and he's been getting away with it isaiah win on the left side not looking good no it, it hasn't been so like look it's not perfect i don't think he has all the time in the world but at the same time he was playing with the twos in preseason and was able to get balls out so like the ability's there we know Mac Jones is good. I partially, even though he came out and said it today, that he wasn't holding him back. They threw everything in the kitchen sink at him at the preseason, and he figured it out. They were running play actions. They were sp- spreading out five wide. And now they're, like, barely letting him do anything. And I get it. They want to run first. Damian Harris is good. These are RB1, whatever you want to say about it. He, he gave a nice Marshawn Lynch-like run to the end zone. Oh, eight missed tackles, and then Mac Jones comes in behind him and just tackles the pile to push him in. Love that. Um I want to see more from McDaniels open that playbook a little bit. Like this kid understands it. Let's open the playbook and see what he can do. Let's, let's, we're playing the saints this week. Let's, let's, let's get, let's get a little more down the field play before Brady comes into town next week. And you, you got to expect that they're going to do that too. Like next, I wouldn't be shocked. Like I, I agree. I wouldn't be shocked if for the saints game this week, if they, unleash it they need to because you know what 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 are we all going to sit here and i don't think bill cares but what if they do the same thing this week they probably win either way i think that they're good they're good enough to do what they've been doing and win the saints but then what if they don't do any open up they don't do any of that stuff and then brady comes in here on sunday night football and that's the first time you're going to open it up against that defense like you this is the week if you're going to do it before the brady game like at you all, need a practice run. You, you need, need a, pra- you need a practice run. If you're, oh, but if you don't plan on have, being ready, and you just think that, I mean, this is what bugs me. If you didn't think the kid was ready, keep Cam, right? If you didn't think the kid could go out there, make changes, run the plays, hit the deep ball, actually be ready to play, why, why is he out there? And I think he's ready. I, I've been preaching it since day one, but I want to see it this weekend, Nick. I want to see them go up against the Saints, out scheme Sean Payton, and and throw the ball deep and, and use these tight ends and get ready because you're going to need every weapon you can think of. If you even have a want a chance, like the way the Bucks are playing right now in two weeks. And before we move on, shout out to Nick Falk for just being the GOAT. Legend. Nick Falk might be the greatest kicker of all time. <laughs> Who needs Vinatieri or Gaskowski? Come on now, yeah. Nick Falk. He just broke the record for consecutive field goals for the Patriots at 33, and he's only a few away from breaking the NFL record. Also, do you want to know, you want to know another example of New York Jets culture and why it sucks? Nick Falk. Nick Falk? Nick Falk. <laughs> Nick Folk's been awesome. He's deadly accurate. We sat here when he was in New York and went, Nick, oh, God. Nick Folk couldn't make a field goal in New York, and now he's good? (laughs) When he he came here, I was like, oh, no. Uh Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. But he's been awesome. And he hasn't missed a kick. All right. Going to move on and give our locks of the week presented by 
my bookie. Guys, the NFL is back in action, and so is winning season in my bookie. With over $500,000 in contest prize money, winning season makes the big games better and the victory even sweeter. Head to mybookie.ag and choose from a variety of boosts, contests, and promotions up for grabs. Highlighted by the crown jewel of winning season and the famed MyBookie Super Contest, it only costs $10 to enter. Pick five games against the spread each week. Each win earns you a point, and each point gets you closer to that grand prize. If you missed out on week one, don't even sweat it because entries are still open. It takes... All it takes is one solid week to get you back in the mix. Don't just take my word for it. Join now and start your winning season with MyBookie today. In order to get you started, make your first deposit at MyBookie.ag using promo code COUCH to instantly receive double your first deposit. That's double your money to double your wings with your first ever deposit using promo code COUCH. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, MyBookie. All right, who is your MyBookie lock of the week? Carolina Panthers. Houston Texans, Houston Texans now without Tyron Taylor starting some rookie who the heck knows uh, Panthers are favored minus eight and a half is the spread. I got the Panthers covering that. Like, come on now. The Texans don't have Tyrod Panthers look good. Good defense. They're going to cover that spread. The, the Texans. Oof. Texans are looking even like Tyrod Taylor, like gave you a glimmer of hope. He looked good. What? What? Okay, can you talk about that for a second? What a gut punch that dude has. Gets screwed in LA because some doctor punctured his lung, and then Herbert <laughs> takes over, and then now comes here, actually wins the job because Deshaun Watson's an asshole, and he's looked good. The Texans looked good, and the now they got did. Some, now you yeah. have some rookie who the heck knows playing, and I'm not even concerned. They're gonna cover that spread. They're done now. Do the real quick to the Dolphins straight for Deshaun Watson after the two injury. Oh man, I kind of hope not, but. I, yeah, I listen. You, you have, you need, you need to let this Deshaun Watson situation play itself out. Yep. You can't start this guy. And even if the Texans know that, you have to know that. Yeah, the Texans aren't playing the guy. Got to keep him off the field. If anybody's going to mess this thing up, it's the Texans. Yep. All right, mine. I like this one a lot. I think I'm going to lock it in with my bookie. Plus six and a half. Chargers versus the Chiefs. Chargers, Chiefs plus six and a half. I like that. I think that game is going to be closer than people think. I do too. Hey, the Chargers, they beat them last year once. They keep it relatively close when they play them. And this well, is year two now of Justin Herbert. And you're seeing With again, Mike uh, Williams, by Mike the way. Mike Williams finally potential. Eckler's back and healthy. I'm hoping he's fine with that concussion thing, but I'm here. I'm thinking he's okay. Um, and then you have the Keenan Allen, the legitimate Keenan Allen there. So, like, that game's going to be closer than people think. It is. It is. And I'd I also bet. I'd, I'd, what's the over under in that game? I'd also consider that as a lock, as a lock to go over. Oh, God. I don't know. It's got to be high. Oh, it's got to be high. I'm going to look real quick. Uh, that's next week. Why is that so far ahead? That gave me October 4th. What are we doing here? I'll find it. Oh, there it is. Uh, 55 and a half. 55 and a half. <laughs> Give me the That's over. what I tried to bet last week with the Cowboys and the Chargers did not work out for me. Oh, All right. That'll hit. Couch Guy Sports Podcast, episode number 225. Nick Qualley and Jared Scally. Guys, we're going to be back next week following week three of the Patriots season against the Saints. And we're going to know how close the Red Sox are to potentially, maybe, possibly winning and making it in. To the postseason, the wild. You know what next? You know what next week is? What? Brady week. 
pre pre show for Brady week. Pre show next week week. is Brady week. Nick Quality, it's Kelly. Guys, we're gonna talk to you next week. Thank you for watching. Oh wait, shit.